0: I'm going to start right, right here with 2 Timothy 1.7. For God gave us not a, a spirit, not a fear, but a power, love, and self-control. Another uh, translation would say sound mind. Too many people walk in fear today. Too many people walk in the fear of the future. They walk in the fear of rejection. They walk in the fear of failure. They walk in the fear of man. They walk in the fear of loss. And there are fears and phobias that will hinder you, that will subjugate you, that will harass you, and you don't have to tolerate them. Now, this is kind of crazy doing a little bit of like research, because that's what I love to do. There's over 400 phobias that have been identified. Over 400. I mean, there's crazy stuff. Like, like, um, like I read where Alfred Hitchcock had this phobia, had a fear of eggs. Had a fear of eggs. This guy that's just like the master of telling fearful stories had a fear of eggs. He, he, he basically said the sight and sound of an egg being cracked was revolting and terrifying. And I'm like, good protein. There's a new phobia recently. I'm not, I'm not joking. It's called nomophobia. Nomophobia. And it's the fear of not having your phone. It's a real thing. It's a, it, it's a real thing. Or, or it's also a fear of, of having a, a low battery on your phone. Do you know that a recent survey showed that most people under 30 check their phone every 10 minutes? 96 times a day on average. I must be younger than what I look. (laughs) There's a difference between a spirit of fear and a healthy biblical fear of the Lord. And that's what I'm going to teach today is on the fear of the Lord. Many times we find ourselves so familiar with the things of God that we lose the fear of the Lord. And a lot of times people don't understand the fear of the Lord. Um, in, the keys, in the book, The Key to God's Storehouse, John Bevere relates his testimony of meeting a man named Jim Baker as he was in prison for swindling thousands of people and having a an fair. He writes, a- a- after we'd talked for a while, I felt like I wanted to ask him some questions. The first question I asked was, Jim, when did you fall out of love with Jesus? And when did you stop loving Jesus? Was it when you committed adultery uh, was it seven years before you got thrown into prison? Was it fraud? When did it really happen? Because I remember that he was so on fire for God in the earlier years. And he looked at me and said, John, I didn't. I said, what do you mean you didn't? He said, I didn't fall out of love with Jesus. I loved him all the way through it. And when he saw the bewilderment on my face, I said, what do you mean? He said, John, I love Jesus, but I didn't fear God. There are millions of Christians in America who love Jesus but don't fear Him. And it's the fear of the Lord that perfects holiness in our life. The fear of God and the holiness of God are doctrines that don't get a lot of air time, to be honest. Post something on social media about the fear of God and you'll be accused of being legalistic or Old Testament. It's interesting that I did a Google search on the fear of the Lord. And it, the first page, it's a clothing brand that takes up most of the room. The fear of God clothing brand. Have you ever seen that? Something by Kanye. I'm telling you what, that's like a whole different pay level. Hoodies, 800 bucks. Oh yeah, I'm like, okay. I, I want the fear of the Lord, but I don't want the fear of the Lord there. But so there's this, there's this uh, it, it's almost like a resistance to grasping a healthy understanding of the fear of the Lord. There's a revival that's sweeping across our land. And sometimes there's a questioning and even resistance to revival because the enemy fears the revived church, the awakened church that's being transformed in, in the presence of God. And, and it's telling that if you look, if any of you have followed the revival that started at Asbury where revival broke out. Above the platform, it reads the holiness of God. And I think that is so telling. It just, it just struck me. There's a, there's a reverence. There's something there that if we're not careful, we lose and we don't understand it. And we can walk through the familiar things. And I'll be honest, it's easier to teach on the love of God than the fear of God. Although they're integral to each other. John Vebier again writes, he says, the fear of the Lord is not being scared of God because God desires intimacy. And you don't have intimacy in a relationship that you're scared, so it's different. There's something that's different. You and I need the fear of the Lord. No compromise and no holding back. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So defined, the word, is Yairah, the Hebrew word. And it means this. It means respect and reverence and worship. But it also means shaken and trembling all in one. It's kind of crazy. See, originally the word and the concept leaned more into the shaken and the trembling um, category, understanding, but about the 18th century, uh, teachers and preachers began to move away from fear and into reverence. How about that it's all of the above? And let's not lose it. In the Chronicles of Narnia, which is an allegory by C.S. Lewis, the author has two girls, Susan and Lucy, getting ready to meet Aslan, the lion, who represents Christ. Two talking animals, Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, prepare the children for the encounter. Ooh, said Susan. Susan i thought he was a man is he safe i feel rather nervous about meeting a lion that you will dear he said mrs beaver and make no mistake if there's anyone who can appear before aslan without their knees knocking they're either braver than most or just silly then isn't he safe said lucy safe said mr beaver Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver's telling you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. And he's the king, I tell you. That's the fear of God. That's the reverence of God. So I want to unpack a few things about the fear of God this morning. First of all, the fear of God brings wisdom. the, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of God, knowing God, is the foundation that all wisdom is built on. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs one seven says, is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So you see, the the, the other part of this, you can't have one without having the other. And there's an absolute link between the fear of God, which is respect, reverence, worship, shake and trembling, and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of God begins a true relationship. And in that relationship, wisdom is available. The Bible says this, that God withholds no good thing to those that walk uprightly. There's something we need to grasp about this that I think will actually make a shift in how we think, how you think, how I think, and how we walk forward if we, if, if we can just get it. It says in Psalm 25, 14, that the secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him. And he will show them his covenant. Listen, any true relationship shares things. If you think about this, if I, if I'm in more than an acquaintance or a shallow type of relationship, I feel like I can actually reveal things to a friend. There's things that I can reveal to my wife because there's an intimate relationship that I wouldn't reveal to somebody else that I not have relationship with. And so when we think about this and we read that again, that's such a cool thing. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them. God shows some things. He reveals some things. There's revelation uh, walking in the, in, in the fear of the Lord, in the, in the trust, in the awe, in the respect, and with a little bit of trembling. That's good. The closer the relationship, the more that you will find that you will, you will see God's heart. The fear of the Lord brings guardrails and governors. Man, this is something that we just don't like. We don't like the, don't tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me. Right? I mean, from the sandbox, we've been yelling that out. Psalm 36, 1-2, it says, transgression speaks to the wicked deep in his heart. There's no fear of God before his eyes. For he flatters himself in his own eyes that his iniquity cannot be found out and hated. Back in the day, uh, big trucks would have a governor on them to where you could. I remember I remember driving a, a big semi and it, it had a governor. I mean, and the governor basically kept you to about 60 miles an hour, you know, in the truck that I was driving. Or or I, I remember, you know, I remember, a, you know, a little hay truck, same thing. There was a governor and you get to a certain RPM and then the governor would kick in and it would slow you down. It would keep the engine safe, right? That's, that's what it got. But, from that time forward, men have been trying to actually get rid of governors. We don't like governors. Man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to delete this. I'm going to get this out of there. I want to be able to go to the moon in this car. There's been times in the woods, and hiking, when there's been this healthy fear that keeps me from walking in dangerous places. There is a healthy fear fear. There's a healthy awareness. It's not a paralyzing thing, but it's like, you know, and there's been a few times when I'm like, oh, I hope my wife doesn't know where I am right now because she would be really mad at me for walking over here. The fear of the Lord will keep you from evil and foolishness, honestly. And keep you from committing acts and sin that will be devastating to you and your family. See, when I'm tempted, for example, to complain or gossip, there's a governor in me that starts piping up. There's something that's just like, oh, and then, uh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, because, uh, man, I, 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 I don't... I, I, I understand the fear of the Lord. And if I'm, if I'm, if I'm saying something about Somebody that's created in God's image, which we are, Mako day, then I have to realize that, ooh, I am actually speaking against the created one of God. I need to be really careful, and it governs what I say. It governs what I think. It governs what I do. And knowing that the word says, "Whatsoever a man sows shall he reap, that God will not be mocked." Okay, I'm going to try an illustration. It may be a terrible illustration, and if it is, my wife will tell me, and I won't do it the second service, but I'm going to try to do it this service and see if I can make this thing happen. Would you give me my, uh, my props there? Okay, so what I have is, can you show that picture of uh, Molly up there? Okay, so there's my, there's one of my bird dog, Molly, and, and what you see on her, now she's I'm so proud of her. She's 10 months old, man. She's just locked up on a quail. She's not moving. And what you see on her, see that, see that line that's going across? Well, that's actually a transmitter. That's her. That's her. That's her collar. And it's kind of interesting because a a while back I had a a niece that had a dog that was incredibly out of control. And she called me and she said, she said, Uncle Jeff, he says, what, what should I do? I'm really afraid I got a collar, but I don't know what to do. I said, I'm going to videotape something for you. And I had Robbie videotape this. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even stretching the, I'm not stretching the story. When I get this collar out, my dog goes nuts and I will actually hold it out like this and she will jump up into it so that I can put it on her. Some people think this is really mean. She thinks it's freedom. When when she sees this, she recognizes that, wow, I get to go out. I get to hunt. I get to work. I get to do some stuff. I mean, this for her, it's like one of her favorite things. She likes this better than eating food, doesn't she? She will absolutely go nuts. And and in this, in this, this situation, what happens is there's a safety for her in it. See, I've got like this GPS, you know, right now I could, I could basically put this on Pastor Stephen. I'd uh, not put it on him, but, uh, <laughs> and he could run and I could track him. I can make sure that I know where, and if I see, see, see what happens if I see her in danger, all I need to do, I don't know if it'll pick this up. Nope, it's not doing it. All I need to do, if I see her in danger, there it goes. I don't know if you can hear that. Can you hear that? She goes out on the road. She's about ready to get run over by a truck. All I need to do is, is, is tap this, and she turns on a dime. I've, I put some guardrails in front of her. I rarely ever have to turn this thing up to where I have to correct her because she understands this is freedom. This, is, this gives me some liberty. I get to go do stuff, and yet... My master is keeping me safe. The problem is, is we think about the fear of God and we think about the guy that doesn't really know how to do that. I know i got a dog trainer out here. Where are you? Raise your hand. There you go. You get the guy that basically goes, wow, man, I've got a new toy. I'm going to put it on my dog and I'm going to nuke him. And we think that that's how God operates. That the fear of God is something that's absolutely going to nuke you. Well, it might if you you know get really out of bounds. There's times when I have to turn this up a little bit and go, "Okay, I'm gonna to have to remind her because she's not listening to the prompt." Holy Spirit, this is like this is like I'm the Lord and this is the Holy Spirit, right? And that's the fear of God. So I, I don't know if that <laughs> makes sense. Did I do it? can I do it? Robbie says I can do it again. Okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. The fear of the Lord is the key to long life. Because it will keep you safe. There's some things that basically will keep you from doing stupid stuff. The fear of the Lord's kept me from like, ah, no, I'm not going to do that. Not because I'm afraid of my wife or not because I'm afraid of somebody else, but because like, ooh, God's Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 2 says, now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it that you may fear the Lord your God you and your son, ooh, and your son's son wow, that sounds like a generational thing I actually need to teach my sons and my grandchildren what the healthy fear of God is. That you may fear the Lord your God, your Son, you, your Son, and your sons, by keeping all His statutes and commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life, that your days may be long. The fear of the Lord releases goodness. It releases goodness. This is the amazing thing about it, okay? Okay? It says this in Psalm 31 19, oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. Man, it just, you know, when you walk in the healthy fear of the Lord, there's, there's a humility that it really, you just got to walk in. And the Bible says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And there's a transaction. There's some supernatural, spiritual things that happen. Oh, how abundant is your goodness which you stored up for those who fear you and work for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. The fear of the Lord brings, you guys with me? Multiplication in the church. It brings multiplication. Acts 9, 31. It says, so the church... Throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Something of the kingdom will multiply when you walk in this reverence, this honor, this trust, with a little bit of trembling. There's something that in every pastor, every leader in the church that desires to see the church that Jesus is building increase, and you see here the partnership of the fear of the Lord, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and a church that grew, that made a difference. You know, and I'll say too, the the early church. I mean, I didn't want to open up with Ananias and Sapphira, but I mean, man, those that would have been scary. You walk in in light of the Holy Spirit and boom, they're dragging you out. Oh. God's the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. Ooh. The fear of the Lord was identified with believers created in the image of God. We see in Isaiah 11, verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, I like that, I like that. The spirit of counsel, and might. Yes, 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 Lord, bring it. And the spirit of knowledge, yes. And the fear of the Lord. It's, it's the package. The fear of the Lord was a New Testament directive. So some people would hear it and they would say, oh, you're just going Old Testament on us, pastor. Like, no, I'm not. Actually, there's lots of Scripture. There's lots of stories. There was something that, that was... Uh, That was, they they were trusting, they were honoring, there was a reverence, there was a carefulness in in how they carried themselves in the New Testament church. That's why I I just feel like there's a carefulness. Like, you know, i have people come up to me and like, oh, well, what do you think of this ministry? And what do you think of that ministry? And what do you think of, you know, this move and all that? And I say, you know what, that's really not for me. To actually weigh in on. I, I just want to let them do whatever God's calling them to do. I want to be who we're called to be. But I mean, there's people that make their living by destroying, by criticizing, by walking in such a critical way towards other ministries and churches. And yeah, nobody's got their poop in a group. Come on. nobody's peers as a as driven snow. Nobody's got this thing all figured out. We're just kind of like, we're trying to figure out the, the fundamentals and the doctrinal things and the foundation things and we're trying to walk in a careful way in a circumspect way. But man, we start, we start throwing rocks at other ministries and other believers and other people. I'm like, oh, let me get a little farther away from you because the fear of the Lord keeps me from doing it. I just I, I can't do it. I won't do it the fear of the lord that new testament directive in 1 peter 2:17 it says honor everyone love the brotherhood fear god and honor the emperor wow okay and sometimes it's good to be familiar sometimes it's there's familiar relationships it's good to be familiar with the word of god familiar with the gospel but familiarity has a bad side we take people for granted familiarity breeds contempt we've all heard it and sometimes we can just be and sometimes you become so familiar for example with a tool how many of you like love power tools but if you become too familiar with it i had a grandfather great grandfather was a cabinet maker up in Kalispell, montana you know what i really remember about him he's a cabinet maker and he only had two fingers left on this hand and two half fingers on his right hand. He got a lot familiar with some tools. And he didn't maintain the fear of it. Man, I get something out right now. I'm like, whoa, this chainsaw, this, you know, whatever. you got to have that. It'll keep you safe. We stop examining things that we're familiar with. We, we become familiar with, with church. We become, we become familiar with, with worship. We become so familiar—we we, we familiar with gathering together. Uh, it's optional or only when it's uh, convenient. Not understanding the fear of the Lord, the reverence of God in all we do in community. How amazing this is that when we come together, when we worship, that basically we're partnering with heaven. We're partnering with the with the angels that are surrounding the throne, the elders, the twenty-four elders crying out, "Holy, holy, holy." Man, God is holy. Isaiah, it's the only time where the three attributes of God are used three times. Holy, holy, holy. Holiness of God. Wow. And we take people for granted or we walk with them in contempt. That's how our worship team come up. We just feel like we need a, need a time of worship. And I know we kind of talked about a tag or a song but if you guys feel like in the message that it needs to shift i trust you okay just do whatever you feel like to do except for kip he can't (laughs) be a guitar solo i love i love those old guns those old guitar slingers. that's so cool we don't have a governor on our lives our words or our actions without the fear of the Lord. You ever been a father? I know you're rhetorically, and you realize that, you know, one of your kids is like maybe taking your wife a little bit too familiar. then the fear of dad shows up yes Yes. I love I love Solomon and I'm so frustrated with Solomon he started out so well and he ended so terribly And you know what he lost he lost the fear of the lord he lost the fear lord but he writes us in ecclesiastes 12 13. the end of a matter as all has been heard fear god keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man there's just something listen a lot of times when you hear a preacher teacher talking about the fear of the lord you shrink back it's not being scared it's actually walking in a in a tension of humility and trust and leaning today are you walking with a healthy fear of the Lord trust reverence maybe just a little bit of trembling I am I want to continue to do that and never want to take the things of God for a presence of God in a familiar way God I thank you for the guardrails I thank you for the road signs I thank you for the prompts I thank you for the the God caller that I need that we need there's something about this I'm then isn't he safe said Lucy isn't he safe safe said mr. beaver don't you hear what mrs. beaver tells you who said anything about safe? of course he isn't safe but he is good and he's the king Come on, can you stand to your feet this morning?